1: Now, do you want to know your purpose and work in a useful and meaningful way? Meditation teacher, inner architect, and author of Make Happy Work, Nick Timpson, is here to tell us more about his meditation program, and he has some advice for fitness instructors. Nick, it's great to have you with us today, perhaps you can begin by giving a brief introduction about yourself.
0: Great, great. Thank you, Olivia. Yes, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, well, I um, I call myself an inner architect because that's sort of what I am. I, I was originally an architect and worked in London, in fact worked across, across the world on many projects. And while I was also working as an architect, I went to my first yoga class about 30 years ago now and became completely hooked. And I've been practicing yoga and meditation and teaching it and doing teacher training for other people over that 30 years while also working as an architect and i'm now in a wonderful position of just being able to retire one form of being an architect which is buildings and places and now i'm working on what we call being an inner architect so i suppose i suppose one way of saying it is that i suppose through my career as an architect, I've been helping people build their external spaces Mm -hmm. for benefits. And now I find myself helping people build their internal spaces for benefits. And, and so I run this, I'm actually a senior yoga teacher and senior meditation teacher. But I run this very, very specific social enterprise called be and do, Mm -hmm. uh, which is all about bringing what we call modern meditation into the world. So I'm working in all sorts of amazingly interesting and diverse places. I sort of feel blessed because I've, I've been doing it for 30 years and, and now on myself and with myself and with my students and now with b and we're really beginning to expand the teaching into a much, much bigger sort of environment,
1: really. Fantastic. And how would you, for instructors who maybe, you know, don't incorporate any mindfulness into their classes, how would you separate meditation and mindfulness by way of different um, definition? Yes, yeah,
0: no, that's a terrific question. I think, I think really, the, I suppose the best way of de- defining the two, I mean, they're both meditation practices, but one, the meditation we teach comes from a very old science of human well-being and purpose called yoga. Uh, it's about 5,000 years old, as, as you probably know. Mindfulness comes through from a slightly younger tradition, which of course is Buddhism, which evolved out of yoga in India originally. So, so I suppose what the difference might be is that, that we tend to go in our classes, we, we talk a little bit more about consciousness. We talk a little bit more about creativity. We talk about flow, for instance. And what we like to do is we, we're, we're taking people into a space before thought you know before and going underneath thinking mm. before a thought becomes a thought before an action becomes an action or a feeling becomes a feeling we're going into that core space with our meditation and when we get into that core space that's where all the all the good stuff begins to happen I think really a lot of Mindfulness classes, they either tend to be set up like really good beginner's yoga classes, yeah. or sometimes they can go very deep into psychology and therapy. And, and we, don't, we don't do that. We allow the, the sort of process of meditation to naturally make the changes all by itself. So we don't have to force a mindset. The well being aspect will come naturally once we apply the practice we often say that that what we do at being do is 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 working from a standpoint that we're already in a good place yeah and we're working from that point rather than say tackling being in a bad place and that that is the sort of optimistic beat that we have with all of our sessions is is guess what everyone you are happy and here's, to, here's how you find out how because we often say that our default position is happiness. I know, I know. A lot of people think no, no, no. I'm <laughs> not happy. That's where I'm coming to your classes.
1: Yeah, I think I think that is the misconception, isn't it, around mindfulness and meditation? It's it, you know, people seem to think that they're in that they're in a certain place. Or yeah. I think I think you mentioned in your book, it's it's not switching off. It's actually switching on.
0: That it, um, yeah. switching on is the key. Yes, and knowing that we have all of those resources already available, you know your trainers will know this, your fitness coaches will know this, that that we all have this inbuilt ability to to make changes in our lives. All we need is the right teacher, the right system, and to switch on that positive aspect of ourselves, which you know most of the time, sadly, we never engage with or. know we have little glimpses of but we never really utilize it so yeah so that's what it's about is switching on to those you know those
1: those deeper resources and skills that we have we sort of like to call it the self-activation you're switching on into your life basically Um, and what are some of those techniques that trainers could be doing if you know if they're working with the client to explore that a bit more
0: well do you know one of the one of the Four things I think one of the big things that comes out of meditation is this thing called flow which your trainers are going to know intimately you know lots of great athletes talk about flow you know Hannah Conter, the, the our British tennis player mm-hmm. she talks a lot about sort of desires and wants and expectations and just really going with things that are happening at that moment. Great progress can be made. And
1: it's basically about keeping your students in the moment and keeping them Mm. present. Mm.
0: And I think the best trainers can do that. And I think what happens is then, as they're beginning to train, if you can get your students into that flow mode, and everything seems to happen all by itself mm. and you probably have you ever had a flow experience recently olivia have you yeah
1: i think so attending yeah. some yoga sessions
0: yeah definitely. And I, but I think that's what it is and i think that's one of the best ways of describing what meditation is and yeah. how you can apply it to your day-to-day world that you 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 know all of us have those moments when we're completely absorbed in doing something and everything just seems to happen all by itself and it feels effortless and time stands still and you become completely absorbed and with that is a sort of little feeling of joy and delight in Hmm. what you're
1: doing. But I think as well it's important for the client to make sure that they can really see that their instructor is in that state because I think a lot of the time you know clients won't relax if their instructor hasn't you Know, yeah, let go of the day and it's sort yeah. of present, I guess, present yeah, in I, that I, moment. I,
0: I totally agree with that. And, and do you know what? You know, I mean, we don't need scientific evidence to tell us this, but if you're unhappy, the people around you are unhappy yeah. as well. You know, we, we communicate stress and negativity to others very, very easily. Mm. Yes, and if your instructor is either distracted or not paying much attention, you know you feel it, I think you will feel it, and so if we can get people into that space where they're connected, where they're collaborating, where they're flowing together, I think you know that that would be wonderful to
1: mm. do. is there anything that that instructors can do to help them prepare? maybe you know, they've got they 've got some time before their client arrives. What sort of things should they be thinking about yes, to get yes. them present to get them In that moment? Yes, well, the, the, the key
0: thing, I think, is it all comes with regular practice. The mindset where flow begins to happen. You can switch it on, but you need to practice modern meditation to give the facility to switch it on. Because you'll probably know that the scientific definition of meditation is self directed neuroplasticity, which is a bit of a mouthful but it's basically meaning that we are rewiring our brain. When we rewire our brain to a more positive aspects of what meditation brings, those rewiring elements sort of stay, but it requires practice. You've got to keep practicing, practicing. At least, you know, a short meditation every morning would be key. Mm. And then what happens is, and you'll, you'll begin to notice this, is that, when your client is entering the building and you're preparing for them you're sort of already in a good place you know how to be in a good place and sort of almost be open and connected and really sort of in a compassionate relationship with your with
1: your student yeah because i mean that those first few moments are crucial aren't they in any in any session to you know engage straight, yes, straight away you're, you're,
0: right and i think as any teacher and any trainer will tell you that that particularly if it's a new student they're going to come to you with a bit of apprehension a bit of you know they're looking to the teacher to change things or help them change things so if you're feeling that your trainer is not in the same space you are that can be i think quite problematic i think so
1: and i'm only talking from a meditation teacher point. yeah sure it's the same thing i think you you just have to really be
0: considerate and generous with your attention. And and that's what meditation helps you do. I think we're sort of coming to the top of peak mindfulness. I think we're there, but what is really, really interesting is the amount of sort of desire from business, from education, for charities, for health work, to, to explore this and We teach, because we teach modern meditation, we can take it into, we can help people with stress and anxiety, Mm. but we also teach something like empowerment, purpose, finding that inner core of who you are. We teach creativity. I mean, I teach at the School of Art here in Manchester, and I teach creativity, and some of the things I'm doing with the students is meditation. We're getting them to access a deeper and the sounds where their creativity is.
1: Mm. And, and have you been surprised by the responses and the reactions? Or Absolutely. Was it Absolutely. what you thought?
0: Do you, I mean, I'm, I'm coming up for 60 now, Olivia, but I can tell you with b and I am surrounded by the most amazing young people in their late 20s, early 30s. Mm. It is that generation that are grabbing hold of this ancient science and making it... because
1: of social media.
0: (laughs) You know, I I, I love it. I love working. I mean, I can't keep up with them.
1: Mm. But
0: I love working with these. I'm training these young people to do this. And they're they're putting a whole new spin on it. We're talking a lot about compassion. We're talking a lot about generosity, connectedness, community, all of those things. And yes, certainly I think it's that generation... And I'm very excited that they are—they're taking this
1: stuff forward. Definitely, yeah, I think I think it should be more present within schools as well. Do you think it should be on, you know, as part of the curriculum? Or yes, yes, definitely. No, don't, yeah. don't
0: get me started on some <laughs> curriculums. Okay. But it, 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 this is what yeah it should be. It should. Be. Mm. Some of the best schools. I mean, I've I've been really privileged. I've worked with with a few schools here in Manchester, but but it should be rolled out countrywide because. What is really interesting is, is are we preparing our kids for the future? Are we giving them the resilience that they need to survive in a 21st century world? And a lot of people will tell you that the really core skills for the future are going to be intuition, creativity, compassion, connectedness, you know, those things, those innate human Mm. the key skills for the future and i really worry that you know we're, we're missing out with our kids we're not we're not allowing them to experience those those core skills
1: and i think i think now more than ever you know with you know things like social media they are becoming the future generations are some of the most anxious generations that have been so they need to be more you know they they need to be equipped to deal with you know, the challenges they
0: really do they really do and i think you know we know the statistics don't we particularly young women young girls you know high achieving young people but under so much pressure and stress and yeah so there's a lot we need to do mm.
1: and so, so in terms of your program what makes your program unique cuz obviously trainers might be saying they went to they've already been on a mindfulness course they've been on a meditation what what makes your offering unique what you say?
0: Well, I, I think what is very interesting about what we do is that even though it comes from yoga, we, we sort of ever, we hardly ever mention the word yoga. We call it modern meditation because we have compiled a whole series of techniques which come from yoga originally, but we've now mixed it up with all of the amazing new science that's going on as well in meditation. And we link it with positive psychology as well. And we link it with direct experience. I think that's probably what is the most important. I mean, I've been practicing and teaching this now for 30 years and applied it in my day-to-day professional life as well. Mm. So it comes from quite a, a deep well of insight about how this stuff works, what's relevant, what isn't, etc. And, and we're beginning to sort of teach it that way. We just try to make it really relevant and also I have to say sometimes it's fun you know it's we we come over as very normal people I mean well I suppose what is interesting is because I teach yoga as well Mm. what comes over is that I'm a middle-aged bloke with
1: no hair (laughs) teaching yoga Uh, I'm not a hippie (laughs) And,
0: and, and a lot of people go oh he's quite normal Nick's quite normal
1: yeah so you're you know shaking up that the whole area really
0: Exactly, exactly. So and it's nice and, and I can just give them the benefit of my experience, you know. We've all been there. we you know, in my early years I suffered a lot with stress and anxiety, which is why I got into yoga in the first place and and so I can just help with lots of other people who, you know, I've been where they are. Yeah. So I sort of know.
1: Yeah. Great. Right. Is there any you mentioned about science and You kind of pride yourself on research and things. Are there any recent research or journal articles that you can share with us today in terms of any recent studies? Yes, there are two,
0: actually. There's an amazing institution in the States called the Greater Good Science Centre. Your listeners should make a note of that and and Google it. It comes out of Harvard, and it's a whole university section now dedicated to exploring The science of happiness and well-being and the research going on is extraordinary you you may have heard something called epigenetics Mm -hmm. which is this amazing realization again it's comparatively new whereby our thinking can actually change the way the biology of the body works and this is an extraordinary thing and again it's come out of meditation research that we can actually if we change the way we think we can change the way the body works and we also change the way the world appears and it's sort of, so there's amazing stuff going on now with quantum science and meditation genetics and meditation neuroplasticity and meditation wellness and happiness I mean the basic science is that that if you can think yourself ill with stress and anxiety you can think yourself well, and meditation is part of that. And that you know, yeah, that's
1: an interesting, style, uh, interesting it's food for all thought. That seriously
0: researched, and, and it's, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a meditation teacher. Mm,
1: that, absolutely. And for trainers who maybe want to, you know, increase their education portfolio, are there any which courses would you recommend, or you oh, able goodness, to
0: share? <laughs> if they want to do it seriously, if they really really want to do it seriously I would recommend they go first of all to a very very good yoga teacher training course I think because they're going to be physically active and physically able Mm. a really good yoga teacher training course my background in yoga is is a movement called Shivananda which some of your trainers might know they've got ashrams all over the world There's, there's one in London in fact and that's a month course. Do that and learn about the science of yoga and how it works and, and what the philosophy is. And then find a really, really good meditation teacher. You might want to go into mindfulness, something like breath works. You might want to do what we're doing at Being do and come and join our teacher training course, which we run every year. And yeah, it's really, I think it, it's very, very much up to the individual. Mm. They sort of.
1: depending on which
0: route and yeah you find your path Mm. they they often say and this sounds a bit of a a cliche but they often say that your teacher comes to you and so once you start the ball rolling and exploring this this world suddenly the teacher you need sort of pops out of the
1: woodwork that's very spiritual (laughs) it is
0: very spiritual (laughs) but you know it's really true It's really true, so many people will tell you that. It's the same for me back in my early thirties. The teacher I needed then arrived, and hopefully, you know, the people I'm teaching now, hopefully I'm doing the same role for them. You know, the Mm. the teacher you need suddenly
1: appears. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Mick. Uh, You're
0: welcome, Olivia. And Yeah, thank you for that. It was very interesting to talk to you. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy the, today's podcast and see you next time.